0: This is another in Macworld series of Macworld Expo Podcast, part of our week-long coverage of the most exciting Apple event of the year. In the next few minutes, you'll hear from some of the best and brightest in the industry, including Macworld editors and the movers and shakers in the Apple universe. And now, this episode's guest host. Macworld Podcast, Macworld Expo Special Edition for Thursday, January seventeenth, two 2008, sponsored by Audible.com. Audible.com is the Internet's leading provider of spoken audio entertainment. Macworld Podcast listeners can get a free audiobook now at www.audiblepodcast.com Welcome to Macworld's Macworld Expo Special Edition Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Breen. We're past the halfway point of the biggest week in all things Apple. If you've just awoken from a much-needed 92-hour nap, you'll want to travel to Macworld.com and take a listen to the panoply of podcasts we released during the past couple of days. For something a little bit more up-to-date, we turn to this episode's host.
1: All right. Hello, everybody. This is Jason Snell. I'm the editorial director at Macworld, and we are here in the podquarium in the Macworld booth at Macworld Expo with Macworld Macworld. See, I'm just going to say that word over <laughs> and over again. It's that kind of week. I'm here with Andy Anatko, beloved uh, technology columnist. And- natural an contributor and
2: thank you for acknowledging my belovedness
1: I, I, I you and you and I share that uh, we're both in that uh, joy of tech cartoon about people <laughs> to see if somebody comes by the booth with that checklist right as we're t- talking they're gonna pick up three points so it's very exciting
2: what I'm more concerned about are people who are doing a Clint Eastwood Deadpool sort of thing using that <laughs> as a guide I can kill them all that good <laughs> place it' would be perfect that would be a problem I'll with a free t-shirt from dance development
1: so when we put together this whole um, podquarium concept uh, to podcast live from the floor. I think one of the one of the ideas was that we would find interesting people and we would uh, most importantly fill slots in the program so that we wouldn't have just an empty booth with tumbleweeds blowing by. More of a video podcast that than an audio podcast. And I said, "Hey, I know. I'll talk to Andy." <laughs> and honestly, that's pretty much what my concept concept has been, but I figured, you know, you've seen stuff and I've seen stuff and you're a you're a an entertaining fellow, you could you could wow us with a song and and not dance because it's not video. But any, anyway, so I just thought we would have a little chat, and I thought that would be fun. And it's nice for you to hear, you know, be heard by. And you haven't done any other podcast this week, have you?
2: You and only you, Jason.
1: <laughs> Somehow I don't believe <laughs> true. Just, just don't true. check the receipts in my wallet. Yeah,
2: <laughs> So, um, so how's it been going this week for you? Pretty, pretty good. It's probably been the most busy in terms of a business like MacWorld Expo. Usually, I'm able to partition things nicely and balance the the three legs of the stool. Where leg one, I'm the guy who's running around and trying to cover things and write uh, write news items for my newspaper and other people. Leg number two, uh, the the fan who just wants to take in as much as possible. And then the guy who works in this industry and has to do lots of business, like take meetings, take briefings, uh, meet with, you know, make plans for the next five or six months. But uh, I, I think part of what kicked my butt this time was I had a hard drive failure on Monday. And when you have everything... What a start to the week. That was, you know... I'm, I'm, I'm sort of like that, that, that really popular singer who hits the skids and writes a memoir that sells a million copies. I can take my personal, personal pain and turn it into disposable income because it's like once you realize that, the, that clicking sound, that percolator sound that your drive is making is not normal for a hard drive, perfectly normal for a coffee maker, not so much for a hard drive, you realize that, well... I'm free now. There's no more tests to be done. No more things to be done. Uh, fortunately, the power, bu- the, the the world famous PowerBook guy of San Francisco is in the flood building. His office is uh, right across Market Street, like a short walk away. So, just schlepped over there with my MacBook, and he took one lesson, said, "Yep, it's dead, Jim." Pulled out a drawer of, of hard drives, and I just said, "I need a toy at this moment. Give me the biggest hard drive you have, because." Finally, Daddy's gonna have uh, Daddy's gonna have time machine backups. Daddy's gonna have Windows. Daddy's gonna have video editing. I'm gonna have the big 320 gigs in my MacBook. Finally,
1: so now you're up and running. But that was I'm, a well, traumatic day.
2: Kind of up and running with an I'm, empty, empty hard drive. <laughs> empty hard drive. Empty hard. Also, given that we're recording this on Thursday, this is the day that I have all my big presentations, including like one of the two big feature presentations of the week. Now, are you done now? I am now done. I've, okay, I've, I've, but. I was also done on Monday because it also took out all of my preparation right. for that stuff. Um, there's, a, I never feel as though I'm comfortable with my backup plan. My, I, I think that I'm doing a smart thing by saying, "Well, make sure we have a complete backup." But of course, we're not going to take the backup drive with us because if there's a break-in, we'll lose both copies. It's good common sense to make sure you keep those things separate. So it would have been, I suppose, there would have been a certain amount of cleverness in just copying those incredibly critical files onto a keychain drive or something. Uh, but that would have taken all of 12 minutes. And yes. who has that sort of time? You have
1: better things to do. There was a whole so bunch did, of TiVo to program. Did him. you, you know, hire somebody to break into your house and <laughs> get, your, get your backup drive and send you the send you the files, My, or did you just reconstruct?
2: I had to reconstruct. My office looks like so, like something from the first five minutes of CSI. It's You'd just like, not...
1: So, go over to the red thing. No, not that red thing. That yeah. other red thing. Now, under there, you'll find a map that <laughs> won't lead you to where it is, but it will lead you to another place where... Oh, never mind. You I'll just see, do it myself. You will see
2: a box with a blue wire that leads to a red conduit. Not the purple box that leads to the yellow conduit.
1: <laughs> so, so um, you Spent a lot of your week then trying to get caught up from having horribly lost your entire presentation. Yeah,
2: it's too bad. All my newspaper deadlines were Tuesday night, so there was a big project that I had just a few finishing touches to do on Monday, so I wound up spending Monday reconstructing all of that. I spent Tuesday being good traditional media journalist. I spent Wednesday making sure I could rebuild my presentations for today. I'm actually here on just about an hour and a half's worth of sleep. Uh, but that's okay. But my, my, my that brain, can make
1: for the most interesting public presentations, I've found.
2: You know, it keeps me loose. It doesn't keep me lucid, but it does keep me loose. I'm, I'm very interested in watching the videotape of my last presentation just to see what the hell I said.
1: Huh, that's good. We'll, we'll play it back if, if, the, if it <laughs> sticks to the videotape.
2: I owe everybody $5. How does <laughs> that happen? <laughs> How did
1: that work? So um, in your role as technology columnist and pundit, I think I would be amiss if I didn't steer our conversation. We're talking a little bit about what's been going on here this week. Um, I've heard a lot of different perspectives about the keynote. You know, there are a lot of spoiled people who said, why, it's no iPhone. We want the (laughs) iPhone every time. And uh, maybe I'm giving away my opinion a little bit here. I think that's a little bit silly. But it is an interesting combination of things that got announced. And you've got some products that, for Mac users, are very big, like the MacBook Air. And then you've got things like the iTunes movie rentals and the Apple TV, which I think maybe are actually more interesting to the broader audience. And you write... For a newspaper, so you're writing for mainstream, uh, mainstream America and the Chicago Sun Times, regular people, not the Joe super Sixpack, geeks. Yes. Yeah, well, I don't know about Joe Sixpack, <laughs> but regular, you know, people who are not necessarily going to say, "Well, I use Handbrake and convert them right. in, a certain, in an anamorphic capacity and then convert them to my Apple TV." And they're, they're not those people. So uh, when you try to explain the happenings of Tuesday, what what was your take for the the regular person out there especially?
2: Chiefly that there was huge news during the keynote, but most of it was very, very subtle. I think this is the most overt and in-your-face demonstration that Apple doesn't intend to be a player in the market for digital downloads. They tend to be the only player in digital downloads. This was the most emphatic, Warning to every other company saying stay out of this marketplace because we will do whatever we have to do to make sure that we are always the best and most compelling answer to the idea of how do I get a movie on my TV? How do I get a movie on my iPod? But just the idea of how they've beefed up Apple TV and been willing to simply eat crow and say we got it wrong, 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 wrong. That's why we're giving you this free update and reducing the price because we think that this will will help us achieve total Amazon.com like industry dominance. Uh, and when you think about the differences, even though it's just a software update between what the Apple TV could do at the end of that keynote and what it could do at the beginning, I mean, when I hooked up my TiVo Series two, uh, Series 3 HD a few months yeah. ago, I needed the, H, the HD ports on my TV for it, so I unplugged the, the Apple TV, intending that, well, I'll just plug it into an analog port so I can still use it, and I just never got around to plugging it back in. And this has actually gotten me really excited about having an Apple TV in my living room again.
1: Yeah, I had that moment where I thought, oh, man, I'm going to have to... Buy a new uh, a new switcher or adapter or something to get the optical out from my Apple TV because now it'll be relevant. There'll be 5.1 sound coming down on those HD movies. So yeah, it's 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 a it's a big announcement. I, I I think that uh you know it's easy for us to get wrapped up in the Mac announcement, but the iTunes thing has a lot of uh, fascinating ramifications for for home entertainment in general. But and yet and yet also Apple's saying there are certain things that we, we don't care about, <laughs> the, the things we care about and the things we don't care about. And but this is one of those things that we're Going to fight. Right? Yeah. You're right. Yeah,
2: it, it, it's especially interesting when you think about all the people who are creating content online now. And I mean, I'm one of them. I've just started putting stuff on YouTube. And a month ago, I was wondering well, gee, does it make sense for me to create a pod- video podcast in addition to just uploading the stuff off of YouTube? I don't know if there's that much interest in it. But the fact that Apple is selling this dirt cheap device that plugs into any TV set and gives me, as a videocaster, some measure of parity with every other broadcaster in the world. That's intoxicating. That makes me want to do more videos and also do a better job of them, knowing that it's not the sort of thing where I'm going to have to walk somebody through a page of instructions on how to watch this video that I shot.
1: Yeah, the um, going back to a little bit of uh, eating crow for a minute, I, I I cannot recall the last time that Apple and Steve Jobs were so forthcoming and saying essentially we blew it. Yeah, and 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 the Apple TV, and I, I like my Apple TV, but it is not. Really essential, and has never really become the center of my entertainment life. Largely because there's so little that I can put on it, even with Handbrake and Visual Hub.
2: Yeah, it's a conduit. It's not the old Apple TV was not a destination; it was merely a conduit. Uh, and you know what happens when you add more complexity to a system, even if things are working perfectly just psychologically your relationship to the device is that I don't see the entire thing in front of me. I'm just seeing a, a projection of other things that are in my office. When you tell somebody that, no, this is this little hot plate-like device that will be a world in and of itself. Its job is to find stuff that you want to watch. Some of them will be free. Some of them you'll pay for. But either way, it'll be a quick two-click point and shoot and you're suddenly watching it. And nearly all the content that you can get out there on the internet will be free for you. The fact that it's a, it's a conduit for YouTube, that in itself changes YouTube and it changes the Apple TV.
1: So you're a uh, Netflix subscriber, aren't you? Of course. Does this give you pause about the future of uh, your Netflix subscription?
2: The standard you know, the, the, the standard currency of movies is still DVD. Uh, these are all really exciting announcements that Apple's making, but what you kind of work yourself into an invisible wall when you see the number, and we have over a thousand titles available. Uh-huh. And you're like, that's nice, Steve, but... Netflix has over 100,000 titles available. Uh, It's actually quite impressive. They have a really deep library available on the iTunes store, but it's not hard to quickly find movies that not just your... Uh, your 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 secret favorite movies like uh, the 1972 Bruce Dern movie Smile. That's my favorite obscure movie that I love, and of course it's not on the iTunes Store. I'm talking about some I'm talking about some of the biggest classics that are out there. Some of the things that no movie rental service would dare not have. They 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 have six copies of it at all times because they know that someone's always coming in for one of these library titles. Until it, Apple will be making lots of progress, but it won't be really there until I can think of the name of a movie or a TV show and count on my ability to get it from the iTunes store.
1: You mentioned TV shows, and that's actually one of the things that I thought of when I began to weigh the idea of Netflix versus iTunes is uh, TV is still, at least for now, a buy-only proposition. And I can sort of understand some of the reasoning for that, although um, it makes me think, well, how how far can we go to make a $0 rental of a TV show with commercials or a $1 rental of a TV show without commercials, you know, maybe down, down the road, but... If you want to go back and watch season one of The Wire or season one of anything that's on DVD, one of the things that you can do is go to Netflix and you just load it in the queue and you and you blast through them. That's not going to be something that they can provide. There's the 30 day window. There are special features like uh, uh, featurettes and commentary tracks that you're going to want for some movies. So I started to think maybe this is a combination where I, I might keep Netflix at uh, you know two two at a time or something like that, and also. Use iTunes for you know the spur of the moment. Hey, let's watch that kind of approach. Is that some? Is that that's, what you're thinking
2: too? That's absolutely true. Uh, rentals is something that I've been really waiting for for iTunes for a long, long time. Uh, I've really never been able to get that interested in purchasing movies from the iTunes store because you do run into that quick realization that I can either spend $15 for Ratatouille as a download or I can go to Best Buy, spend $3 more, and get an eight-hour presentation with lots of bonus features as opposed to just the movie itself. Yep. Uh, and, of course, I can rip it into any format that I want and have lots more fun with it. However, there is that thing where, I don't want to brag, but you know we are in that sort of financial league where we can afford to spend $3.99 to rent a movie. Uh, but well, and and, and there is the truth that
1: some movie Ratatouille you probably want to see all the special features and right. But some of the movies I get from Netflix, I watch it once. I never want to see exactly, the special right. features. I never want to watch the commentary track. I watch it. I put it back in the envelope. I send it back.
2: Right. And that's that's so much of my movie viewing experience. I, I long ago shed the practice of buying DVDs that I'm interested in because so often you will watch it a couple times, but then it just sits there. You have no interest in seeing it again. This is perfect for that sort of thing. I certainly there's lots of movies that I've, that came and went because who has time to go to Movie theater these days, but after seeing the after it hits iTunes, you're certainly willing to spend three ninety nine to. This is a perfect night for a movie. Hey, I didn't see the Simpsons movie when it came out. Great, it's on iTunes. Let's go see it. And and of course, you don't have to bother with even putting it back in a mailer and sending it back to Netflix when you're done.
1: Right, because I do have as a two a two at a time subscriber. Every now and then, you look at the two and you're like, yeah, I don't want to watch these. Yeah. And then what do you do? I mean, you can go. It's nice, going to be nice to have another option there and have HD options, which excites me too. So I think think it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. It's, it's, it's very exciting, but there's a whole lot more to be written there, I think, before we know how it's going to really work. It
2: really depends if the networks are smart enough to, number one, conclude this insanity with the WGA. Because this is such a great opportunity for all the networks to simply say, we can do an end run around every single roadblock to getting our content into houses. If we simply underscore the importance of a device like the Apple TV, if we simply decide that we're going to podcast every single nightly newscast, we're not going to podcast every single TV show, but you will always be able to get a hold of the pilot episode. And it will be either free or it will be so cheap that you won't bat an eyelash at at spending 99 cents for ninety nine to see it. This is exactly how to pull viewers into the into the network again. Because once again, nobody has time to go to a movie theater anymore. Nobody even has time to sit somewhere and be somewhere at eight PM to watch house anymore. It's it's my TiVo four star recording pick. But there are times when, you know what, I'm working or I'm just outside having fun and I just don't I'm just refuse to be home to, to babysit my, my T V set anymore. I think it's
1: lupus, by the way.
2: It's not lupus. You're an idiot. <laughs> um, let's talk about
1: the MacBook Air. We'll shift gears. It is Macworld, World, uh, and we do have a new Mac, a brand new Mac, not a not a little minor upgrade, but a completely different model. Yeah. Uh, so, what do you think? What, what What were your initial thoughts when you saw it on uh, on, on the screen and in the uh, in the keynote venue on Tuesday?
2: I did have the initial genetic weenie response, which is, but it's the size of a MacBook. It's thinner, but it's not. You know, it's not so small that I could, you know... In two-dimensional terms,
1: it's not smaller at
2: all. It's larger than my, my Amazon Kindle. What's that all about? Yeah. Uh, it, you know, it doesn't hover, it doesn't do anything cool right. like no that. no
1: anti-gravity. Right. But then Again. You, exactly.
2: But then on a week like this, when I'm carrying, you know, a 20, 30-pound bag of stuff with me all the time, I realize that it's... I, I really adore those really tiny Sony sub-notebooks, but... I don't have a bag that is only ten inches wide. I have bags that are wide enough for a MacBook. So making a MacBook that is slimmer than that is not as wide as that doesn't give me an advantage. However, taking an inch or, or half an inch off the thickness that is an advantage because that means that I can fit more stuff in my bag when I when I'm having a light load. I don't have to worry about cramming things in. It is a very you uh, you you have a degree in writing. Is it sensuous or sensual? What are people? in animal object, sensuous or sensual? It
1: could be sensual, yes. It, it, a
2: central, when, you, when you're handling it and you're, you're, you've got it and you're working with it, it is a very central experience. The way that yes. it fits into your hand when you're carrying it around because it, it right. tapers at the, at the very end. I minute. think the
1: one-handed factor is one of the things I love about the MacBook, what I loved about the 12-inch PowerBook. It's the idea that you can grab this thing with one hand and kind of just like wave it around like right. it's not even there. Whereas the 15-inch it. MacBook Pro really you <laughs> keep two hands on at all times exactly. because if you try to fling it around, it's just going to fly out of your yes. hand <laughs> and and so there's something about that yeah. three pounds so it's not just the thickness but it's also you're you're
2: shaving two plus pounds off of it i certainly don't miss the fact I, I, I certainly would miss having a full-size keyboard i certainly would miss having a full-size screen uh what i would miss is the extra three hundred dollars that's going to cost me to get this over a top of the line macbook it's which, true. which comes with an optical drive which comes with an ethernet port it really a is much a much bigger hard drive much bigger hard drive user replaceable components all that other cool stuff uh It really is, does teach the lesson of how Apple produces its products. They really do have a picture in their mind of the sort of person who's going to buy this. They don't just throw it into the marketplace and see what happens. When you ask them, I mean during the, during the briefing I was just asking them, well, why did you not find a place for the Ethernet port? It's not... They don't give you an answer like, well, it doesn't make... With well, this is supposed to be a wireless... that never something as, as straightforward as this is supposed to be a wireless product. We don't think it, it, will, it will... It's too much electronics and that sort of thing. They will literally say that, well, we thought about who's going to be buying this and we've decided that they're not the sort of people who wants a tethered connection. And in those rare occasions when they do want a tether, they can spend 29 bucks to get this little USB dongle. Every time you bring something up, they will say, well, the person that we were building this for doesn't really need optical and then I wouldn't, call, I wouldn't call this the reality distortion field but sometimes it takes something a radically different idea to point out that you've been taking things just for granted all along I have in my bag right now Lilith number 7 soon to be re- retired my 7th power book it has a broken optical drive so the opt- it basically is in the same position as a MacBook Air. It has no optical drive of its own. Whenever I need to install software, I need to hook something up or make some do some sort of a trick to make it work. And you know what? I don't miss the lack of an optical drive because just like Apple intends for Air users, when I need to move a file somewhere, I tend to do it wirelessly.
1: You know, I I actually go so long between insertions of optical media into my MacBook that I can never remember whether the the slot is on the front or the side. <laughs>
2: it's
1: like uh. I got a check, it, 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 and so that's why I, I, I'm not too concerned about the optical drive thing either. I, I, um, I uh, shared earlier um, with a, a, a group, a user group, on uh, here at the here at the show when I was speaking to them, my theory that this is an act of confidence by Apple that they feel their product line is so strong that they can go out... They can generate a product that is not going to be a product that appeals to the mass audience but is targeted at a certain kind of user who they didn't serve before. It's almost like the smart bomb towards Sony Bio users and small Toshiba laptop users saying, you know, you guys want to switch too, but we've not had something for you to switch to, and now we do. Um, Do you buy that? Do you think that's part of the story here, is that they're just so confident that they can start picking off little parts of the market?
2: There's there's always a blurry line between confidence and arrogance. I just think that they know. I, I keep coming back to the same thing time and time again with Apple. Apple is telling a story with their product line. And they always make sure that that story makes internal sense, that the characters, so to speak, that they have are always true to each other and they're not doing things that don't make sense for that character. When you see something obvious that they, quote, should have done with a product that they didn't do, it's always because at some sort of meeting, essentially they said, look, Indiana Jones would not kidnap an heiress. He, if, unless, you know, unless you were bad, unless you had something that he really, really needed, there was a bigger authority, but he would not simply do that for fun. It simply would not happen. That's the same reason why, you know, Apple did not produce a PDA for years. That's just not, doesn't make sense for the story that Apple was telling. I do think that, uh, Apple is the only company that can really make a go of a product like, uh, like the Air, chiefly because they can put it together in a package that makes consistent sense. Uh, oddly enough, I think that the most popular edition of this thing is going to be the $2,800 version that has the solid state drive. I can see a lot of people walking into the Apple store with $1,800 and walking out with a MacBook and $300 in their pocket instead, but I can see a big market for people who want to say you know, it's a lot of money, but I have that kind of money, and I like the idea that I have a completely solid state machine not only that, but one of the first solid state machines uh, for whatever that means, and Mac users are that kind of people, for good and for bad, but mostly for good
1: yeah, I I, um, I pretty much agree with you. I mean, I think that this is a... Um, there's a lot of psychoanalysis of Apple to be done with this product, which I don't think is wrong, because it does seem a little different than some of the products that they've come out with before, but that's okay. Yeah. And, it's, and I, th- I think it's okay that Apple makes products that... Um, are in their product line but are not intended to be for every man, woman and child in America. Yeah, and exactly. that, that's okay. You can't not every product needs to be for everybody. In fact, there's a little monotony to that. Yeah. To not say, no, no, this isn't for you. It's okay, okay to say that. This is for a certain kind of person. That's a well like a
2: well rounded product is generally a very big zero. Uh, now, of course, that they've, they've gotten bitten, bitten by that in the past with the, the G4 Cube, which I still right. think was a wonderful design, but it just did, there was just nobody out there who wanted to buy it. Well, I've seen a few people on our website liking this to the Cube,
1: and I don't understand that for the sole reason that the Cube was about design. It was about it looks great on your desk and isn't it cool that it's so small. But smallness and lightness on a laptop matter for reasons other than aesthetics they matter because it's heavy and i don't want to carry something heavy and it's you know it's smaller and i want something that's smaller and that, that i know that that's a little bit more less tangible than the hard drive size or a processor speed but it's more than it looks pretty on my desk which
2: is the problem i think that the cube Got into well, it. we can get into a discussion about the merits of the Cube. I think they're, they're, it means a lot more than you seem to suggest, but we're, that, we're, that we get us off the topic. Well, it's it's, it's interesting, well, though, I'm, though. I'm sort of thinking why it failed. I mean, I, I'm, right. not, I'm not disputing that some people, I mean, I thought the
1: Cube was a beautiful product, too, but I think at the end of the day, pe- people looked at the, the cost of it and the features of it, and for a product that's going to sit on your desk, not enough people thought that that was worth the trade off. Whereas with a laptop, okay. more people, I think, are willing to make a feature trade-off and a price trade-off for weight and size. But for, what
2: for, it's worth. but for all of that, there's also a long list of negatives with this product. Not just that it doesn't have an optical drive or, or an Ethernet port, but the fact that it really has been designed like an iPod. It, the thing is absolutely sealed up so much it's that you tight. so much that you think it's submersible. It's, it's so sealed up. I kept looking for latches. I kept mm-hmm. looking for sub, something I can stick a, a dime into and twist something. But the battery's sealed up. There's no place to change out memory. There's no place to change out the hard drive. As usual, they have that annoying mm-hmm. habit at Apple of knowing how to construct a good argument and when you say oh well you can't replace the battery yourself and instead of like saying yes well that's kind of an odd choice but we are going with it they said well when would you ever want to swap out the battery well sometimes it gets broken well we'll swap it out for you we'll charge you no more than would cost you a regular macbook battery and we won't charge you for the labor so what's your problem
1: well i'm going on a flight it's going to be 11 hours and i need to get a lot of work done
2: well we can sell you a plate that could even be more rechargeable It'll give you more milliamp hours
1: it's possible yeah
2: That That was, yeah, sure. And again, and the people who are buying this probably don't care about that. I was again. I I haven't
1: swapped out a battery in my
2: Macbook in two years. It was again getting back to how we started off this very podcast. I was in a very interesting position because I was in the position of a guy who just twenty four hours earlier had a broken machine, and it's lovely to have an Apple Store handy. But sometimes you just don't have that that uh, that 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 luxury. Not only that, but sometimes you do have that luxury, but. You're all they're, all, they're all booked up for the rest of the day. It's lovely that on my MacBook I have at least four ways to connect to this machine, try to boot it off of something else or try to install something on it. With the, if I had a MacBook Air, I would have a nice little very beautiful lunch tray to, to, to balance my drinks on coming back from the press room today until I could find someone who has Apple certification who could crack it open and get it to me whereas I was just able to go to a guy across the street even if he wasn't, weren't there I could have taken it, gotten at that hard drive with one screwdriver that I always have in my bag uh, that might not be a feature that people are, the people who spend $1,800 on a, on a laptop like that would be really interested in looking at but still I'm really interested in seeing what blowback if any there will be with this design
1: yeah, it's going, to be, it's going to be interesting. And, you know, that first, uh, that first set of users is doing a shakedown cruise. A
2: little yeah, bit. That's, that's, that's that's always really dangerous with Apple products because they don't just design new computers. Every time they come up with a new iPod or a radical new design like that, they're coming up with a brand new way of assembling computers. So there are always going to be really critical problems that are not going to shake themselves out uh, until the first 5,000 get out there and then the first 1,000 come back to the Apple store.
1: So shifting gears again, uh, Time Capsule was announced, which is a product that I think nobody really expected. So it was a little bit of a surprise. Yeah. And um, I've heard some interesting reactions. Some people are, think the price is actually fair um, for, for that amount of storage. As somebody who recently bought an Airport Extreme base station, I'm kind of bummed out about that. Um, and a few people have suggested that, uh, as, as you know, undoubtedly, the uh, controversy of the fact that up until the day Leopard shipped, there was a note on Apple's website that said that you could back up time machine to a disk attached to an airport extreme base yeah. station, and lo and behold, Leopard shipped, the feature was gone, the text was removed from Apple's website, and some people are saying now, well, wait a second, did they just do that so that they could sell time capsules? What do you think?
2: I really think that this was an attempt to finally, to sort of salvage the Airport Extreme Base Station, which was not a terribly pro- popular product that has, had, has really minused a lot of people. Uh, I, I, of all the reactions to all the products and all the announcements uh, of the keynote, there's so many, it's surprising how many people feel as though they have personally and specifically been kicked in the butt by Steve Jobs with the announcement of this new base station. Uh, you do have to ask them point blank What is the reason why this is not working What is the reason why you can't attach external hard drives uh, They are being a little bit dodgy about it That was one of the point blank questions I asked during my briefing And that was one of one of many areas Which I got a I, We're still looking into that, let me get back to you on that Yeah, So.
1: me too It's it's a little uh, it's, it's a strange situation As a whole, what do you think of Time Capsule?
2: Uh, it definitely makes Time Machine A lot more relevant it's again I, I, I of course I'm looking at this entire thing through my own situation there's a reason why I don't use time machine to back up my PowerBook, because my MacBook because I don't want to walk around the house with a tethered USB drive because it's going to get destroyed and it's going to cause problems because that's you don't want to carry around an active spinning drive like that uh, so that's why I still use uh, SuperDuper super duper as my backup as my backup system however if I could simply wirelessly and invisibly back up to a network volume that simply plugs in and works that would be something very very different. I also like the fact that it's not dedicated as a Time Machine volume. I can use it, it. It appears on the network as just another shared drive, so if I want to put my iTunes library on it and use it as the shared storage for all the DVDs that I've been ripping and all the CDs I've been ripping, it's perfectly happy to do that, too. But even there, when I was when I was asking those questions at the briefing, they said, well, we really we really think the person who buys this is just going to be using it for Time Machine, but you can indeed do that.
1: Right. That's what they told me, too. Yeah. I mean, that may be true, but it is nice for those of us who have more geeky aspirations, that we have the ability to do it, yes. uh, and it's not we're not prevented from doing it. Um, last topic I wanted to bring up is the iPhone update. Um, any any uh, thoughts about that? Some little Google Maps changes, some dancing icons, singing and dancing you know, icons on the screen?
2: That really should have been an announcement that came a week before the keynote, that should not have gotten keynote coverage, because... I'm sure that they're saving up a lot of their ammunition for a major iPhone event to come later on when they finally announce a 3G iPhone and they can roll out the the, the developer kit. Uh, It is cool that we're seeing the first fruits of the labors, uh, the the first advantages of the development kit, that little page turn, page curl thing that Google Maps now does to reveal additional buttons, that's a built-in feature, of the new API, that's something that developers are going to be able to take advantage of, but that's certainly not something that people are going to be willing to get all excited about. especially when they were looking for... I I really thought that one of the slam-dunk predictions of this would be that Steve is not necessarily going to release anything on this development kit yet, but he's he's at least going to show off some of the new applications that are... Some of what's possible with this SDK, just to prime the pump so that when they do have that... Go to town hall on the the Cupertino campus and show off what's going on, they really get people excited about writing Apple software because 2007 was the year that they got so many millions of sales based on how cool and awesome and legitimately great the iPhone is, 2008 has to be the year in which they cash in on that with some credibility, where they tell not just individual people who are heading to the Apple store, but IT managers who have the power to outfit everybody in their company with one model of phone, tell them that no matter what they want to do, no matter what they need this phone to do, they will either be able to buy a product commercially or write it themselves. They really have to, again, it's great that they're number two in the marketplace, but this could be just the result of all the press and all the excitement if they want to hold on to that 2008 has to be the day that the time that the iPhone puts on a few pinstripes
1: I, I couldn't agree more I, I uh, think that the iPhone is uh, it's an interesting place right now and they, they I think they had to take a little break from the iPhone for a while to get you know leopard out the door but um, the the third-party software story is going to be a huge story as well so it, I was disappointed um that some of the basic omissions of the iPhone functionality, like uh, voice dialing in, in the state of California beginning yeah. in June, everybody has to be hands-free, voice dialing is a must in a situation like that, it's just not in there, and we all still are hammering on the lack of, a, a, of an instant messaging client, um, which you know I know everybody always says, well, that's because they must have a deal with AT&T for, uh, for SMS messages. Instant messaging isn't SMS. it's, yeah. it's they're different. Also,
2: a- Apple has told me point blank that they have absolutely no problem with a third party writing an instant yeah. messaging client. So unless they were lying to me or didn't, <laughs> didn't know what they're talking about, I'd but, much what, rather they write it, frankly. But okay, but uh, perhaps for, not. For me, what i what I'm desperately looking for is I want a system wide search feature. I don't know yeah. why it doesn't do that. There's a vendor on the show floor in
1: Moscone West this week who has a, a system-wide search utility. Unfortunately, you have to have a jailbroken iPhone <laughs> in order to use it. But it's nice that a company that makes applications for jailbroken iPhones yeah. is here at Macworld Expo. And hopefully next year they'll be here with a legitimate product that's been blessed by the SDK and they can, uh, they can move ahead. they really hear ho- anyway.
2: I really hope that all those pioneers can benefit from the equity they've put into software development because... When you look at hacked, you know, when when you look at uh, uh, jailbroke phones or these third-party applications that have been done with no input from Apple, they're it's not amazing. Yeah, it's not. It's not like a lot of people are familiar with applications you can put on your iPod. People have ported Linux, and you basically take a beautifully designed user interface and a very elegant product, and you turn it into a really awful Unix computer that you wouldn't want to touch with a ten-foot pole. That looks like it was made made in China and sold to other people in China, as opposed to something that's designed as a as a, as a really practical motor. But these applications that are being written for the iPhone are. So slick they 're perfect in many ways they 're exciting. Uh, I, I still use a I that 's why I carry two phones with me, one because I need to have one that 's in regular apple ship shaped condition so I can write about it. but I do also want to travel with my jailbroke phone because there 's so many really great applications
1: yeah, and the, the people out there, I think of Craig Hockenberry from the Icon Factory who did uh, Twitterific and has yeah. a Twitterific iPhone version that was great, and he stopped work on it because when he found out there would be a developer kit. But you know, the, what the progress they made just reverse engineering the iPhone was brilliant. So let's hope that uh, that flourishes this year. Andy, uh, I want to thank you so much for coming and spending some time with me. Uh, my last question for you is very simple: After uh, what happened in the last issue of Spider-Man, should I stop reading comic <laughs> books altogether and, and just give it up and? and uh, and, and curl up in a ball, or should I or should I hold out uh, hope for the the future?
2: Jason, it's a good chance for you to think about humanity's position as God's last world bird in perfection on this planet. Uh, clearly, we have some more. If work you tell to me do. to read
1: DC comics, I'm not going to do it. So don't <laughs> even try.
2: It's. It's. Have you ever got said, reacted to something so badly that you know that if you start screaming about this, you will never ever stop. Yeah. So and, and, and suffice it
1: to say that. Yeah.
2: And uh, I, this won't. This won't turn into an hour long rant. I'll, I'll no, there's a so whole quickly. other podcast. The yeah.
1: comic book podcast will be coming elsewhere. All,
2: all, uh, all. I will say is that. I look to it's, you. It's it's, it's. it's even worse than that For screaming. Your it's. It's. It's, the, it's. It's worse than that. It's the point where you just sigh. You put the book back on the comic book shelf. You check your watch and say. In eighteen or nineteen months, maybe It'll, I'll check out this book again. <laughs>
1: that's right, because everything will change in and, and for those of you who don't know what we're talking about, you know, don't you're even, better off don't even knowing. look it up. Just move on and and keep your happy thoughts about what it was like when you were a kid and you read comic <laughs> books because everything has been ruined now. So. I wish
2: I lived in a world full of joy. <laughs> I do not. I Andy and
1: I co- thank you very much for being here, my friend. As 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 always for coming into the pod- Aquarium, <laughs> And uh, that's it for this special Macworld Podcast.
0: And that concludes this episode of the special Macworld Expo edition of the Macworld Podcast. I'd like to thank our guests as well as you for listening. If you have any comments or questions, feel free to drop us a line at podcast at macworld.com, or you can leave us a voicemail at 415-520-9761. This is Chris Breen reminding you that you can find more Apple, Mac, iPod, iPhone, Macworld Expo, and technology news, views, and information at macworld.com. See you next time.